Yo and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? Because we do. And that's why you're listening to this right now. Because we do. And we're <laughs> still here and you're still here and it's a great time. So uh, this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 8, I'm with Cupid. Initially aired October 8th, 2004. It was written by Mira Fried and directed by David Worry Smith. I think we were just following up last time. We still got Bridget in this episode. And uh, we're just going to pick up what's happening with Bridget and Travis. Yeah, there's definitely something going on. Yeah, and it's called friendship. No, I'm with Ray on this one. We start off with Ray, Robbie, and Lily, again, kind of spying on Travis and Bridget as Bridget goes up to greet Travis with the hands over the eyes thing again. <laughs> Is it just it's something they do bit. every time? Stop doing it. <laughs> I feel like the surprise has worn off. Like, Travis knows you go here now. <laughs> you don't need to keep doing it. <laughs> uh, what are you trying to pull? But Lily, Lily's trying to suss out if there's something going on there. She's convinced that there's a secret passion. Robbie says there isn't. And of course, it's completely in Ray's interest to make something happen. Because then yeah. he won't have to be competing with Travis anymore. And he, he gets to go. Yes, he gets to go. And Bridget's doing calligraphy in the cafeteria, and Lily comes by and ta- and chats with her about seeing the sights of Roscoe, including the mall and the gigantic pitchfork. <laughs> it's so small town. <laughs> it is. And then she does this weird kind of little like gulp or pause, and she's like, and the observation deck, like the faded observation deck uh, of Roscoe. Oh, uh, where all of the Romans happens. Yes, and and Bridget is suitably weirded out. She's like, "Why are you? Why are you making all these romantic implications? We're just friends." And it's it's a bit of a weird interaction where yeah. Lily's trying to suss out something, and Bridget's like, "No, <laughs> stop it." Hey, what's happening? Very funny, McGrath. You're a regular comedian. I'll take what the hell are you talking about, Kim? For a thousand. So we get uh, a little interaction between Robbie and Kim in the hallway. Robbie bumps into Kim, who's. Uh, very annoyed. She's reading the paper about uh, that there's like a, a column apparently um, uh, there's like some sort of voting for the best independent radio stations and uh, Cougar Radio is sitting all the way at number five and has been labeled predictably predictable but RFR is on the list at number three being called refreshingly rambunctious which uh, is, is very fun but I'm I'm wondering why Cougar Radio is on this list at all. Like, how would they qualify yeah. as an independent radio station? Who is listening to them outside of the high school? All of their stuff is about, like, high school events and, like, the debate team and, like, yeah. ooh, the, the celebrity intrigue of this 16-year-old football player. Yeah, this fucking River Pierce guy. Like, the entire God. town needs to know his whereabouts. Ugh. And uh, Robbie's being a little shit about it, which is a lot of fun. Because Kim's like, how could they beat us? And Robbie's like, I think it's because they got more votes than you did. And Kim's like, fuck up. (laughs) And uh, Kim goes on her way. And Robbie is like gleeful. He does a little happy dance in the hallway because RFR is number three. Hey, what are you doing here? I always do a Tai Chi set before lunch. You know that, right? Right. Ray's doing Tai Chi in the gym, and uh, Bridget comes by to do her Tai Chi set. And basically, Ray's 
you know, Ray knew this was going to happen because he uses it to try and, like, plant it in her head that Travis wants her to listen to RFR at 4 o'clock. And poor Bridget, like, Ray's like, man, I really admire how focused you are with everything going on with Travis. And Bridget's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> just, like, the new kid trying to adjust and, like, have yeah. some time to herself. And everybody's just harassing her about her friendship. Leave Bridget alone. Leave Bridget be. There is a good bit where... Ray makes up the song and she says, like, if you get that song stuck in my head, I'm going to go Tai Chi on your butt. Which, what would that involve? What, what a strange <laughs> threat. Yes. I'm going to send some, some bad energy at you. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> Slowly. Have you ever been to Cup of Joe? Never even heard of it. Well, good. Neither has anybody else. It's on the other side of town. I thought maybe you and I could go there tonight just to chill. I'd like to dig a hole, throw myself into it, and die. Robbie stops by the Cougar radio station, and Kim's still upset, and Robbie says, it's just a pull, don't be too upset about it. Like, this doesn't have anything to do with us, or whatever. He ends up pulling the clipboard off her desk that has all her on-air schedules, and it's like the same thing every day, so, you know, maybe that's the predictably predictable part. But Kim's getting pissed off, and she's supposed to start the show, and Robbie just, like, dips with her clipboard of stuff she's supposed to do and kim actually kind of goes with it she starts uh, she's like you know what you're tired of the same old thing well this is my new show called freefall that i'm gonna do now for yeah for like five seconds until wilder comes up like what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah but like we we know kim doesn't have that much control over the station yeah. because we've seen like wilder police her content like crazy before so it's like yeah, she has to be structured because that's the only way that she keeps this job. Yeah, and again, why is this on any sort of independent radio list? It's clearly just a school-mandated station. Who is listening? Also, we haven't seen Waller in a hot minute. Want more Waller content. I miss him. I hope he comes back. I miss him. Come back. Now, here's a little dedication from a Travis Strong to his special friend, Bridget. In the radio station, Ray manages to fuck things up real bad. <laughs> Turns out the reason he wanted to have Bridget tune in was so that he could fake a dedication of a song from Travis to Bridget with all this like stuff about how Bridget was always in Travis's thoughts. And everybody else is looking at him like, the fuck, man? <laughs> and yeah, that's real bad, Ray. That's real bad. Ugh. It's so bad. And it's so rude. Heartbroken, upset Travis is basically like, I thought you were my friend. And he leaves, and Robbie and Lily are like, yeah, man, that's messed up. I didn't do it, okay? The dedication wasn't for me. But, but he would do something like that. I'm guessing it was Ray. Probably his idea of a joke. And then in the hallway the next day, Bridget approaches Travis at his locker, somehow without covering his eyes with her hands she just kind of approaches him <laughs> how how does he know yeah how did he, he know it was her jeez and uh wearing an amazing shirt and uh she asks travis about the dedication and travis is like oh it wasn't me sorry it was a prank and none of it was none of it was real and bridget's like not even the part it's about you think bruv. it's a prank bruv it's just a social experiment it's okay um <laughs> And, you know, Bridget's like, not even the part where you were, like, thinking about me. And he's like, things change. And dramatically, they dramatically part ways. And why is Travis such a little bitch? I know! Travis. 
Man, this is a lot. For those of you expecting the lunch report, tough luck. It's time to live dangerously. So Kim has stopped giving a fuck. Uh, she <laughs> introduces Cougarito by being like, did you want the lunch report? Well, too bad. I'm just going to do my own thing now. Too bad. <laughs> too bad. Sucks just suck. Sucks suck. And the consequence is that Lily didn't get her tater tots. And she is upset and mad at Kim for not doing her job with the lunch report. Just fairy can't just deprive a person of their tater tots. It's true. Can't do it. Fried potato. It's, true. it's one of life's perfect foods. Come on. Yeah, get that potato. So Lily and Bridget are hanging out and uh, they're chatting a little bit, and then Lily smells the tots being being renewed, and so she leaves. And <laughs> they've renewed my tots. <laughs> they've renewed my subscription to tots. <laughs> She passes by Ray in the hallway and Ray comes to sit down with Bridget and he apologizes for being a jackass with the whole dedication thing. And he says he just wants to help and Bridget's like, we're just friends. Why is everybody so wrapped up in Travis and I? This is weird. Eventually she does confess to wondering like, what would have happened if Travis hadn't moved away? And Ray's like, well, what did you guys used to do? And she mentions going to like an all ages club together when Travis was starting to DJ. <laughs> Excuse me? Just all these, like, preteen little babies hanging out and DJing. Like... God. Ugh. That sounds like hell. It sounds like hell. Who's, it really who's does. watching these, like, 11-year-olds DJ? That's... Honestly, that's, like, one of the most dissonant things that happens when you cast, like, 16 to 19-year-olds to play, like, 14-year-old kids. Like, they look like they could yeah. maybe go to a club, but then you realize that they're 14, and this would be, like, 12, 13-year-olds going to a club, and it's weird. They're so <laughs> small, and they're so stupid. Yeah. Like, how did they get parental permission to be out that long at like the supposed no. all ages club does all ages mean like they're hanging yeah. out with like older people too like this is weird <laughs> oh oh Ugh. man nasty after that we get this cool sort of like super saturated montage of the gang of four just like hanging out heading to do the show it's fun i always love the little montages they do in rfr yeah they're fun and uh, we're about to go into another RFR segment, but that is the first half of our show. So Ooh. we'll see what's going on with Kim's, you know, new anarchist approach to Cougar Radio and what's going on with Travis and Bridget when we get into our second half. Spent a while in the driving rain. Spent a while trying to explain. Now it's back to the summer sun. Where were you when I wanted some? This week's CanCon commercial break is about System Crash. System Crash is one of those many shows that I remember, like, I can remember the YTV announcer saying, like, System Crash, like, Thursday at whatever, but I could not re remember for the life of me what it was about. And then after watching it, I still had no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very strange show. And now she's watched it again for this podcast and can't remember any of it. So that's our bit. Yeah, the end. I don't think I ever actually watched it, but watching it again, it's it's very Canadian and very... Uh, yeah, we'll get into <laughs> very it. Very Canadian is always a good sign. Yeah. So System Crash is a Canadian youth sketch comedy television show which aired on YTV from oh. 1999 to 2001. Yeah, it's sketch comedy. The series centered on a group of students in a junior high school media club. 
which, hell yeah, I'm all about that. Telling, <laughs> telling the events of their fictional school, Lambton Junior High, in the past week. Each episode usually had a theme, like, such as parents, <laughs> which is the only example they give on Wikipedia. This theme is parents. This theme's parents. Man, though, I'm all about a show that's about the media club just fucking around and filming stuff at their school. Like, yeah. the media club was such a big part of my high school experience. It's where I, like, met my now fiancé and where I would just, like, spend time shooting the shit and talking about media and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. So I was I was I pretty stoked. media club. Yeah. I was yeah. really excited to, to get into this series a bit. They had a bunch of different, like, segment types or, sh- or sketch types that they would do. Uh, here's just a couple of them. They would do, like, fly-on-the-wall things to show, like, use, like, hidden cameras to show what happens when no one's looking. They would do, like, Lampton Home Shopping, which is where they'd sell useless products and inventions to the students using, like, a home shopping network-style show. From they would Lampton do, like, County. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lampton News, which would talk about current events. Uh, you had your movie spoofs, which is where they'd be spoofing movies. And then you'd have Canadian Council for Concerned Kids, <laughs> which was like... These... Oh, incredible. Yeah, you got to know that that was a, that was a rip on um, wow. Concerned Children's Advertisers. But they would do basically PSA-styled segments, which were like messages to adults on the way that they should like treat and interact with their kids. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so they had a that. fun mishmash of extremely cheesy sketches some of the crew the executive producer of the show is paula parker the only thing i could find about paula parker is she was the vice president of programming and production of ytv canada until 2002 she uh, left to spend time with her family and i guess she still is because i haven't been able to find anything about her um one of the producers for the shows she spent too much time she spent too much a lot time. Of time with your family yeah that's a lot of time with your family uh, one of the producers for the show was Richard C. Baker, who did actually did some production work for Concerned Children's Advertisers. Um, he didn't do the PSAs, yeah. but uh, he did a telethon and some pro and uh, some other programming series. And for those of you nice. out there who are con- are confused about Concerned Children's Advertisers, if you hear the words "house hippo," that'll probably bring it all back. They uh, did these amazing PSAs, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about at some point. Like you can't not talk about canadian tv in the 90s without talking about concerned children's advertisers yeah it's just how it goes big time um the creative producer and head writer of the show was josh morris who's had a really lengthy career as a story editor and producer uh he was a staff producer on the hit list for one thing uh when he was working at ytv uh he's done quite a bit of work in reality tv actually Uh, i went through his linkedin and here's some of like like in his own words some of the stuff he's done over the years he wrote and conceived prank scenarios on extreme babysitting (laughs) and followed through on set uh he assembled and constructed episodes of season one of storage wars canada with the editing team hell yeah yes uh and he managed various programs for slice and tv tropolis including rich bride poor bride last 10 pounds boot camp and till that do his part all uh extremely canadian reality classics so that's some of the crew. The cast? Might might I uh, might I go on a brief tangent about Storage Wars Canada? Yes, please do. <laughs> so uh, in my last year of college, um, part of our our whole program. Well, okay, in my, in my last year of college, 
we went on a trip as part of our program to visit some production some production companies uh, in Toronto. So we, we stayed over in Toronto for the night. We all had um, hotel rooms. Um, so, you know, my, my group of friends is hanging out at the hotel and I'm kind of out to dinner with my friends and I, you know, text uh, the people that, that are at the hotel and I'm like, what's, what's happening? Are we all like hanging out in somebody's room? And um, so I, I go to like the, you know, room of one of my classmates looking for, um, you know, our, our group of friends, but also um, my two friends who I was rooming with on that trip don't see either of them there. And, um, you know, the pe- person whose room I was in is like, oh, they, they just went to go get uh, cups from their room. So it's been like 20 minutes and I'm like, I don't, I don't know where these two are. I should, I should probably go check on them. So I go into our room and they are like hysterically laughing, watching Storage Wars Canada. <laughs> and they're just like so amazed by the bidding. So then the very quickly turned into a drinking game for our oh. entire like group of friends that was hanging out where you had to Amazing. finish your drink every time the bid doubled and it was delightful. Wow. So if, if you're ever looking for uh, just just a, some good, wholesome cable TV based drinking games, go uh, go watch some Storage Wars. Honestly, it's funny. Whenever I find myself in a situation when I when I have cable TV, which is you know just when you like go on vacation somewhere, yeah, it's all about the game shows and like those random sort of real kind of like blend between reality and game show almost. I feel like Storage Wars, because <laughs> when fun. else would you seek that out? You know? Yeah, totally. When it comes to the cast of System Crash, the IMDb page is a hot mess. Uh, it's not correct at all <laughs> in terms of who was in how many episodes. Um, and uh, Love that. Yep. But I can tell you that it seems like a lot of the, the main folks on the show, this was their only credit. <laughs> it looks like their acting careers were a bit of a system crash. hey uh, <laughs> Oh, boy. You roast these children. Rajiv Surendra was on one season, uh, our favorite Barney Oscarson okay. fella. Uh, there is one more prominent cast member from the last season I have to share. And I'll, I'll show you the intro for this episode, um, which was all about censorship, actually. Welcome to the Lantern Report, where we bring great television to you, the students. Bo, don't try to sweep under the carpet what the corrupt <laughs> administration has done to our show. Yeah, they've added these beeps to sense our language. Mm-hmm. By the way, today's show is about creativity and expression, which we're not even free to verbalize in this police state. Why, yes, that's a very tiny Nathan Stevenson <laughs> saying a very proto-question mark quote. <laughs> what? Yes, it's Nathan Stevenson, like a few years before. What, the, the, this is Nathan Stevenson in this Maple Leafs jersey? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> it's great. It's Nathan Stevenson. Oh, I love it. So that's love a it. that's a that's a touch of system crash. It's so fun. Uh the reception of the show is pretty mixed because it is it is quite cheesy and I do have some reviews to share. Here's here's a good review. Funny show by the Flaming Pig from 2002. Oh, well if the Flaming Pig likes it then we're cool. Oh, I know. 
okay, I'm guessing Canada isn't known well for its entertainment values. All the comedians moved to America. <laughs> Jim Carrey, Rick Moranis, John Candy, etc. But this show, along with Radioactive and Big Wolf on Campus, are completely amazing. System Crash is about this high school with kids who have their own closed-circuit TV show, and they do the news, skits, try and sell stuff, etc. It always has a base, formation, meaning, motivation, etc. for every episode, and it's just so funny. I love the Halloween episode with the murdering and human-eating cats, and the zombie that always <laughs> listens to mom. Just watch it. Order it. Hi. Move to Canada. Just watch the show. <laughs> Move to Canada for System Crash. I, yes. I do like that, like, the, the weird, like, link that they made to, like, John Candy and, and Rick Moranis. They're like, you, see, you didn't need to leave Canada. You got system crash. Yes. <laughs> um, on the opposite side of the spectrum, we've got Terrible, Who Thought This Up? by Jack Rabbit 2 <laughs> in 2004. This show oh, no. is... <laughs> yes. This show was so bad. I never even cracked a smile in the two episodes I caught while channel surfing. I feel real sorry for whoever thought this show up. I feel sorry for whoever writes for it. I feel sorry for the kids that act in it because some of them actually want to be actors and this is no way to get started. This and shows Aww. like radio <laughs> This and shows like radioactive. <laughs> about a high school that seems to only have like five students and a couple teachers might be trying to rip off Saved by the Bell. And other crap made for YTV is total garbage. Oh. I, I don't even get I don't even get how a show like this gets budget. Who thinks this can make money? The acting is terrible. I think I can probably act better than this. <laughs> I'd like Brutal. to see you try. Yes. And this is one of the more interesting reviews I've ever seen. Um, oh, my, I, I don't know what that yeah. means. <laughs> my thoughts, brackets, long overdue by Pez85. <laughs> I was really <laughs> waiting for Pez to come through. Oh, you just wait, though. So this review is from 2005. Well, I can speak from personal experience as I was involved with the show from the first season to the third and say that the show is not that bad. I know, I know, I'm biased. In the beginning, even being a YTV show, I was still moderately able to enjoy it because I got to see the finished product of the work we had done. Granted, I was overly critical about my performance, but it was still enjoyable to watch it most times. However, about the time the third season aired, I really just stopped caring. Not so much because I didn't have much of a role in this season, but because it mostly seemed to be the repeating the same things as it did in the first two. That being said, I really enjoyed my time working on the show. The cast and crew were great, and I'll always be grateful that they gave me a chance to perform. <laughs> oh. So I think this is either Nathaniel Siegler or Kendra Fitz Randolph, who were two of the people who were on seasons one to three and then left, and also haven't really done anything <laughs> after System Crash. Yeah. So Pez85, if you're out there, we hear you, and we're glad you had a pretty good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was okay. Yes, it was all right. Uh, there's a few episodes on YouTube that were taped on VHS and then ripped. So the quality is not great, <laughs> um, but it's there and you get bonus bumpers and commercials. So that's kind of fun. And that's mm -hmm. pretty much the only way you're going to get to watch the show <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, if you really want to. Yes. If you, ever, if you ever are really jonesing for some super cheesy preteen Canadian comedy, um, our RFR connection is, of course, Nathan Stevenson. And yeah, my big 
take away from the show is that the theme song is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Nice. Um, the only other thing I wanted to say was, as I was watching it, this really made me think of That's So Weird, which is kind of like yeah. a slightly aged yeah. up version of this that uh, came out a couple years back. Or not even a couple years back, like almost 10 years like ago. Like 10 years back. Yeah, like 10 years ago. It was a sketch show about a bunch of kids working at a TV station, although they were more like older teenagers, young adults. And most of them have had more successful careers afterward, people like James Hartnett and Kayla Lorette. Um, but yeah, it was funny. It was still kind of, it was also kind of that cheesy vibe, but still a lot of fun. I'm, I'm always kind of happy to see when there's stuff out there for the teens and tweens to get into sketch comedy because I know how much Jody and I loved writing sketch comedy with our buddies in university. It's just a good time. It's so fun. Yeah, it's a great time. It's a great time. And that's System Crash. That is absolutely right. So keep listening and help get us to second place. Oh, why stop there? What about first place? Hey, one step at a time, right? In RFR, they play a bumper where I guess it's the the magazine or the paper or whatever being like, you're listening to Radio Furesco, number three on the poll. <laughs> and Robbie's like obsessed. Really with, like, going off on this bit. He's just really, really stuck on doing this bit. Yeah, Robbie's like super into it so into it that when ray calls him out on it robbie straight up just calls him ray on the on the broadcast <laughs> that's a big oops but it's it's fine it's not it's not acknowledged it's just a mistake in the show but just oh ooh, the the excitement of hearing him be called ray on the radio surely uh surely uh had my heart racing oh hey mix master t Listen, I came up with the perfect way to make it up to you for that whole idiotic dedication thing. You're moving to the Arctic Circle? They're all packing up to go, and Ray stops Travis, and he's like, Hey, I wanted to make it up to you, so I signed you up for a DJing thing at Mickey's. Because that's something that you like to do. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, you go do this thing in front of people. That's a fun thing that you like to do, right? <laughs> you like doing things. Go do thing. Go do thing. And Travis is like, yeah, okay. I hate you. <laughs> <But> <laughs> great show today. I can't wait for tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Robbie. You know, mixing it up was a great idea. Now all the listeners are angry. Then we go outside of Mickey's. Robbie catches up with Kim. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And he's super excited about this new show format. And Kim reads all these complaint letters she's gotten because everybody's getting all their schedules fucked up because she's totally thrown her show format out the window. Mm. And, you know, she's stuck in a hard spot because if she goes back to her old format, she's boring, but she's also going to lose her listeners for her mandated school broadcasts that just play throughout <laughs> the school auditorium. <laughs> but it, it's also her complete identity. That's true. That's true. And she kind of calls out Robbie because Robbie's like, here, let me help you. And she's like, you're just going to make things worse. Plus, you only really wanted to help me so that you could go out on a date with me. And she kind of leaves him in the dust. Which is fair. That's fair. Yeah, which is totally fair. Totally fair. All these boys just trying to get the girls being kind of dumb about it. Speaking of being dumb boys, Ray brings Bridget into Mickey's because he's like, Mickey's is iconic. You got to be here. Bridget's like, I was here yesterday. Because, again, it's the only place to go. That's why it's so iconic. Mm -hmm. um, That's where you gotta be. Other than the mall and the giant pitchfork, apparently. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the pitchfork. What the heck? What's going on here? This is so unprecedented. 
and uh, the lights the lights go down and Ray's like, oh, this is unexpected. Oh, look, Travis is over there. Because <laughs> Travis comes up to the DJ what? booth. <laughs> what? And Travis starts DJing and he makes eye contact with Bridget briefly and it's really weird. And Bridget's upset and she leaves. Ray follows after. He's like, I was just trying to fix things. <laughs> Which we all know when Ray tries to fix things, it goes pretty horribly <laughs> yeah and we we got a really good call out moment where he's like i was just i'm so sorry i was just trying to help you guys and bridge is like who are you actually trying to help because you clearly didn't help travis and i yeah it's just a bunch of bunch of boys getting called out on their shit today yep that's fine with me gotta call people out on their shit especially when they're being dumb boys yeah it's cougar radio's new ad campaign thanks Robbie. i can't wait to read them just read them all right for me. In Cougar Radio, Robbie pops in with uh, a solution for Kim. He's like, hey, I fixed your problem. Here's your new marketing campaign. And Kim's like, great. And she doesn't really want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Robbie's suggestion is that she embrace the predictable, but turn it around and market herself as reliable. Uh, rather than being predictable, you know, the fact that her reliability is what people are looking for. And he says he did an ad campaign where he kind of like distributed flyers to students and parents and stuff. Which, All right. again, I'm not getting it. Like, <laughs> they play Cougar Radio over the like intercom at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's it. That's that's the only demographic you need to reach. Why did you go door to door? Yeah, why this is not a show this is not a station that needs to be advertised. <laughs> yeah. Kim likes it. She she gets what Robbie's going for, so she gives him a little kiss on the cheek. I I love how like how you you can just never say kiss. Give me a little kiss. The kiss. Oh I know. And so yeah, Robbie and Kim have made up. Robbie's managed to try and smooth things over again, so the will they won't they continues with those guys. Oh boy. Well, if it isn't the master of disaster. Heard about your little uh, mixing fiasco last night. How is it that everything you touch gets screwed up? Meanwhile, Ray and Lily chat again on the staircase of the school. Lily has this funny, kind of funny bit where she says, like, she's relieved there wasn't anything going on with Bridget and Travis because she's like, it kind of sucks not being number one. <laughs> like, I like when people are fighting over me. <laughs> Yeah, like she's so aware of like the position that Travis and Ray have been in. It's it's such a weird dynamic, honestly. Yeah, Lily, come on. <laughs> stop it. Ray says something like, well, you know, when two people are meant to be, there's nothing you could do to stop it. And Lily's like, yeah, and then she leaves. And Ray's like, but I meant me, though. You and me. Blip. <laughs> Blip. Blip. It's just a Chinese character. It means fire. Well, either you're a uh, crazy international pyromaniac, or this means something else. Travis is pensively scribbling something in the cafeteria. Ray comes to apologize yet again for being a big old doofus. And it turns out Travis is writing the Chinese character for fire on a postcard. It turns out he has a lot of these postcards with this character on them that matches a character that Bridget has tattooed on her back. And oh, it's like, what? A very Travis way of, like, showing feelings. He's like, I 
This symbolizes all the places I wish we could have shared together, but I never sent them because I was afraid of her feelings not being the same. And Ray's like, you're dumb. You should have sent these. And you don't have a lot of time left to let her know how you feel because Bridget's about to leave. I guess she was only in hanging out in Roscoe for a week or so. And so she's going to leave. Travis is going to remain moody and collecting postcards forever, apparently. And, you know... Ray seems to genuinely be trying to help Travis now because, you know, Travis finally calls out Ray being like, you just want Lily for yourself. You're not actually trying to help me. But it seems by the end of their conversation, Ray's like genuinely like, come on, you like this girl? Tell her about it. Don't make the same mistake I did. I never showed up at our last date because I was afraid you meant more to me than I did to you. Now you're the one leaving and I'm still afraid. So Travis finally gets the, the nerve to tell Bridget how he feels so uh, she's sitting on a bench and he, he gives her one postcard and he, he says, you know, I wanted you to know that I was thinking of you wherever I went. You think one little postcard is going to make up for the fact that you just forgot me? I didn't forget. Hugh, Ray, standing on the stairs above them, raining down all of the postcards that Travis has been keeping this whole time over the two of them. And we get this beautiful, like, kind of montage of these um, postcards falling to uh, Reverie Sound Reviews, One Marathon, one of the best Uh songs off of the soundtrack. the best. We, we get kind of this moment of Bridget realizing Travis's feelings and she says she felt the same way and Travis is like, oh, our timing sucks. And she's like, well, my mom actually asked me to, to come live with her here, but I was waiting for a sign because I wasn't sure. And Travis is like, how's this for a sign? And she <laughs> says, damn fine, Travis Strong. And then they get a very dramatic kiss and uh, and we leave it there. And it's a beautiful wow. thing. Wow. Uh, I was actually like clutching my heart watching this scene again. This is just, it's so good. Although it's funny. It's so sweet. Watching it and knowing that Travis moved like 10 months ago to Roscoe. Yeah. Where are all these yeah. postcards from? There, there's so many. There's so many. There's it's so like many. every time that you cut back to Ray, it looks like the stack of postcards just got bigger. Like yeah. he's got so many postcards. Ten They're months. all to the giant he, pitchfork. And he's been, he's been in Roscoe like this entire time. Like he's yeah. been in school. It's like the mall, the pitchfork, Mickey's, the pitchfork again, <laughs> the mall again. And yeah, another and one of you like you see in amongst the rain of postcards, like the poster of like the open mic from from Mickey's with yes. the man whose soul is trapped with in the, the poster. screaming man. It's like that and like the guitar teacher poster and like an entropy poster. I was thinking of you this whole time because I needed to get out of here. <laughs> yes, please, God, take me to Hong Kong with you. Uh, but yeah, maybe Lily's not number one anymore. Oh. So over in Mickey's discs for this episode, we've got One Marathon by Reverie Sound Review. The Color and the Gold by Maplewood Lane, and No Words to Say by Maplewood Lane. Oh, we get the best song in the whole series. <laughs> and I'm so glad. One Marathon by Reverie Sound Review has been a favorite song of both of ours 
since the show aired. Like, it's just, it's so nice. It's just such a it's nice song. Incredible. The entire, that entire first EP by Reverie Sound Review is just incredibly good. Incredibly good songs. Um, so nice. Reverie Sound Review was an indie rock group formed in 2002 in Calgary, which I feel like that's always influenced my love just a little bit. When I, yeah, when I hear yeah. any of those classic Reverie Sound Review songs, I feel like I'm in downtown Calgary. And I, yeah. I actually found um, their page on Boompa Records has this... I need to read you this first paragraph because it just it captures the feeling of listening to an, a Reverie Sound Review song so perfectly. Your foot hits the pavement. You feel the city and propel into the flow. Negotiate the kaleidoscope of traffic. Sidewalk slipstream the underground. Reality blurs and you are floating in space. Drifting, you hear the vibration of a future daydream. This is Reverie Sound Review. <laughs> Excuse Isn't me? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> what? Yeah! That's wild. It's That's so some wild good. shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they, they, they formed, released an incredible EP, and then disbanded as the members went their separate ways and lived in different places they released wow. they actually managed to kind of like working together sending stuff back and forth they released an album in 2009 i believe um i i haven't listened to it as much unfortunately i kind of found didn't quite stick in my head as much as the ep but it is mm. it is very cool that they decided to keep doing stuff together um lisa lobsinger the lead singer of every sound review has done a lot of work with Broken Social Scene, and according to Wikipedia, at least she's currently the touring frontwoman of Broken Social Scene. She also uh, started a new project called Laser a few years ago, which I think I might go check out now, because Lisa's vocals are just, like, they're definitely part of what makes the sound. They're just... Yeah, uh, she's a great voice. Great voice. But yeah, Reverie Sound Review, man. And, um, you know, it's funny. Before Spotify, before Bandcamp... I remember just like waiting and waiting for them to re-release the EP on CD, and as soon as they did, I bought it. So I have a copy of it on my shelf, and it is Aww. so good. But you can listen to it on Spotify now, which is great, and I highly recommend that that first EP. It's a classic bunch of songs. Uh, walking around, waiting downtown, rip the universe, one marathon. So good, man. Oh, love it. <laughs> So if you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email if you're an email person at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of RFR. And if you want to leave us a voice clip, uh, go ahead and do that and we'll put you on the air. It'll be real cool. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off. Mm-hmm.